0: Well, hello, King's Church. So glad you joined us today. I want to welcome everybody at all of our locations. I want to say hello to everybody in at our West Campus, everybody in at our East Campus. Uh, let's give a holler everybody in our, at our Valley Campus. Say hello to each other. Let's just put our hands together and welcome all of our locations. Come on, do it. I'm serious. Give them a, give them a hand. Give them some applause and some love. We love being one church in multiple locations. We're going to jump into the Word today, and we're going to do it a little bit differently, as you can tell by the video. Uh, I'm going to just bring a, a bit of a lesson, and then in just a few minutes, Pastor Adam Brewer is going to come, and he's going to continue on what I've started. As we continue our series here on Turning the Key, if you're just joining us for the last several weeks now, we've been in a series called Turn the Key, where we're looking at... Different keys that God has given us, things that we do that when we activate them, we're, we're talking about turning keys, when we use the key and we, we, we use it and utilize it in our lives, it unlocks and releases the flow of, of just the blessing, provision, power, riches into, of the kingdom into our lives. And so we've been looking each week at, at what are those keys and how do we use them in our lives because we've set it up based on this premise that if you take seriously the words of Jesus and if you consider what he said about what it would be like for those of us who follow him, when he tells us that we'd be so blessed that we'd bless other people, when he tells us that it's to the glory of the Father that we would bear much fruit, when he tells us that we'll be like a city elevated on a hill, illuminated for all to see. When, when Paul says we'll be like stars that shine in the sky, when, when those are the descriptions of our lives, we, we, we've basically said this, that we should expect to prosper. It doesn't mean that we're going to be financially rich, although we are going to come into a place where we believe that we lack nothing. And so God wants to infuse our lives with kingdom power. Jesus said this, I'm the vine, you're the branches, and if you remain in me, integrate your life, connect yourself to me, you'll bear much fruit. And so this series has all been about trying to figure out how to remain in God, how to abide in Christ, how to access the the kingdom of God and see it released in our lives in the here and now. And so week by week, we've been looking at different keys. Week one, we looked at the key of hope and how we anchor ourselves in the hope of what is to come. Week two, we looked at the position for prosperity or the position for promotion, how humility and honor and holiness actually connect us in our lives into the work and grace of Jesus in our life. And then last week, we looked at this idea of the key of forgiveness, that as we receive, we release grace. And so this week, I want to look at a key that has to do with our, our inner healing and our, and our life's wholeness. There's a term uh, sometimes you'll hear in church, this word holiness. And sometimes when you think about the word holiness, you think of it in terms of, externals, things that you do or don't do, maybe something that, you know, if, if, if you are part of a certain church background, maybe you thought of the priest uh, in his robes and with his thingy, you know, and, and, the, and the the ceremonies and the things surrounding, uh, you know, church, you thought of that as holiness, um, an external thing. However, when you look at the Bible and we think about what we're talking about here, holiness is best understood as as wholeness or health. That, that, that your, your, your soul is whole. And so we're looking at this idea about holiness. When we talk about fruitfulness, that's essentially what we're talking about. When God says he wants you to be fruitful, it means he wants you to be healthy, alive, vital, uh, overflowing, flourishing. And this is what the Bible paints as a picture of holiness. And today's key actually unlocks a power that God wants to release in our lives that brings holiness, like health. Maybe another word I would use here is is healing. God actually wants to heal us. The Bible tells us God is a healer. The the Bible tells us that God wants to take, you know, the old and make it new. It's more than just like believing in Jesus is more than just being forgiven. Believing in Jesus is about restoration. God doesn't just wanna cover your sin, but he also wants to deal with the sin that is in us and to create us brand new, to actually change old things into new things, broken things into whole things, dead things into alive things, dark things into light things. God is a healer and a restorer. Can I get an amen? Amen. God is a healer and so God wants to make our lives whole and healed. He wants to deal with our old wounds. He wants to deal with our dysfunctional habits, which that is what sin is. In the same way that we think incorrectly about holiness, we think about it in terms of externalities, we also think incorrectly about sin. Sin isn't just what you do, sin is the dysfunction and the brokenness that that is in us all. And it causes us to do certain things, but you can be sinned against as well. Some of you, I know for a fact, have had just deep, deep wounds committed against you. You didn't do anything wrong, but you might have been abused, or you might have been uh, hurt or backstabbed in some way. that That's a sin that now lies inside of you, a brokenness or a dysfunction. Whether it was something you did or something done to you, there's a brokenness that can be inside of all of us. And we all have habits and hang-ups and hurts and dysfunctions and 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 things that we just need fixing. And here's the good news today is that God is a healer and he actually wants to fix you. He wants to bring life and health and wholeness into you in the here and now. He actually wants to make you like him. He actually wants to bring strength and health and healing into you. And so today's key, I wanna talk about a key that actually releases healing. Here's something I'm convinced of, and and I've seen it in my own life in some ways, and I've seen it uh, throughout the church. There are a lot of people who are forgiven, but not healed. There are a lot of people who are saved by the grace of God and they're going to heaven someday, but they're not whole. And they've never actually allowed the grace of God to get access into the deep places of them. But here's the good news. God, our our healing, you know, all-powerful God wants to actually restore us. He wants to take the broken things in us and he wants to make them whole again. He wants to take the 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 addictions. He wants to take the bondage and 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 break it and set us free. He wants to take you know the, the 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 sinfulness or sickness inside of us and bring about healing. God is a healer and he wants to do more than just forgive you of your sin. He wants to actually restore you from sinfulness inside of you, whether sins you've done or have been done to you. And so today's key I want to talk to you is about the key of confession. The key of confession, that when we actually open ourselves up to one another and we say, I have an issue, Uh, I'm struggling here, Um, I need help with this, can you pray for me over this issue, when we actually come to one another and we activate humility, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, and we confess to each other our areas of need, it is then that the power of God rushes into our lives and actually does a healing work. And it's really only then. There are a lot of people who are forgiven, but not as many who are healed and whole. And here's what I've found in my own life. There are forces at work against me that are trying to get me to conceal what God wants to heal. And so the key is that we reveal, see what I did there, some rhymes, that we reveal the issues to God. And the way you do that is through God's people. And so God has given us one another as as a means by which we bring our needs forward and that in that transaction, that is how we turn the key and release God's healing power in our lives. Some of you might not be so sure about this. You're wondering, okay, this guy's telling me I got to just tell people my issues. Well, everything in me is saying, don't do it, don't do it. Well, here's, here's the deal. The word of God actually puts this really clearly. Our our biggest problem is that we are covering up wounds and brokenness and habits and addictions that once we uncover them, God actually wants to heal so that we can prosper. Look at this scripture, Proverbs 28, 13, says it amazing. says, People who conceal their sins will not prosper. That, that that brokenness, that, that dysfunction, that sickness, whatever it is, that addiction, it will just remain there as long as you conceal it. People who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy or grace, healing. God heals it when you reveal it. The enemy wants you to conceal it and God wants you to reveal it so that he can heal it. When you reveal what's hidden, God can heal what's broken. When you reveal what's hidden, God can heal what's broken. This is why the key of confession is so crucial. And this is why a lot of us in our Christian lives aren't seeing growth. This is why a lot of churches aren't seeing growth and fruitfulness. It's because they have not activated the key of confession. It's an absolute critical thing in our lives With God, when we present our struggles to one another, it opens us up and unlocks access for the healing power of the living God to get into our lives. When we reveal our brokenness, God can heal our brokenness. Here's something I know to be true, and this is a fact. God can't heal what you won't acknowledge. God can't heal what you won't give to him. And as long as we conceal our issues, we're going to go on in, in our brokenness and dysfunction. Sin grows in the dark. Sin grows in the dark. The enemy thrives in the dark. But at the moment that you turn the lights on, the moment that you open the door, the moment that you turn the key, the power of God rushes in and that's when victory comes into the picture. There's this scripture in Revelation. The book of Revelation is sometimes hard to understand, but it gives us hints as to not just what is to come, but how we live this Christian life now. And it talks about, in Revelation chapter 12, it talks about the, the people of God. And it says in verse 11, it says, they triumphed. By the blood of the lamb, so talking about God's healing and saving power through Christ Jesus, they triumph by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So there's a connection to what the blood of the lamb does and our testimony, our ability to speak it out, our ability to be vulnerable, our, our ability to declare the goodness of God and to be open and vulnerable with our issues before him and one another. I've seen this in my own life and, and I want to just encourage you today about this, this fact when I was uh, 23 years old, I was on my internship. I was preparing to be a pastor. I'd been in the church my whole life, and growing up in the church, you know, it's it's ironic that the people of God sometimes are the absolute worst at dealing with with their issues. It's It's interesting that in the church, it actually sometimes can drive us to be the least honest people about our struggles. But if you take the Bible seriously and you take what Jesus said seriously, it should actually make us be the most open about it and the most quick to say, Hey, I'm struggling here. Pray for me so that I might be healed. Um, and so I grew up in a, in a context where people never really shared their struggles openly. I wasn't really ever demonstrated in, in, in small groups or community groups. Um, just, just a real ability or, or this seeing this principle play out. I never really saw it. And it wasn't until I was on my internship as a preparing pastor Um, I got there and I started to notice that these people just walked in a level of power and strength and flourishing that I just had never seen before. It stood out, really. Like you talk about Paul saying, shining like the stars. And I found out through my mentor. He sat me down. And and one of the things that, that they had that I didn't, one of the things that they were doing that I'd never done before is exercising the power of confession with one another. And God was doing amazing restorative works in their lives. And so here are these people who have been massively just changed by the power of God. And I and I watched it and witnessed it in different contexts, people just being vulnerable with one another and God healing them. But it wasn't until I sat down with my mentor and he said, listen, you're not going to experience the power of God in your life or the healing that you need until you get honest about the things that you're dealing with. And he showed me a passage of scripture I want to show you. He took me to James chapter 5 in verse 13. And he said this, and it says this, and he read it with me. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Again, Do you notice the connectivity between your need and the body of Christ coming around you so that the power of God is released into you? This is what James is getting at, but it gets even more close to what we're talking about right here. Watch this. Verse 15 says, And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up, and if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So you don't need to be afraid. Now here it is, verse 16. Therefore, given this, that there's power, there's forgiveness, there's restoration, it's, there's healing there. There's this power here waiting for you to access it. Here's what we do, James says. Therefore, here's, here's your job, here's the key. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Not to God. Here, here's a newsflash. God knows you know, you know, secrets from God. He knows, he knows what you're dealing with. He knows what you've been up to. He knows what's been done to you. He knows the deepest wounds and breaks in your heart and your life. James says, don't, worry, don't confess it before God. Confess it before God to one another. See, again, the enemy wants you to keep it private. The enemy wants you to just you dialogue with God and think that's enough. But healing comes, watch this, look what it says. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Healing comes when we open ourselves up to one another and say, I need prayer, I'm struggling with this, I've got this addiction, I've got this deep wound that's just, it just won't go away, and I need healing. And when you do that, you are turning the key and opening yourself up for the power of God to do what you could not do for yourself. The enemy wants you to conceal, but God wants to heal, so you have to reveal those issues. Confession is the key that actually leads to healing. Let's read it one more time. Therefore, confess your sins to each other, Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Church, I've seen this in my own life, and I would never, ever, you know, suggest something to you that I haven't seen happen in my own life. And when I was on my internship after reading that passage and, and talking a little further with my mentor, I agreed to go through something he called a spiritual cleansing, which I'm not going to ask any of you to do today, but you should consider something like this someday in your life where... I submitted it before him, I went through it, it was just an inventory, and I put my, just all of my history, all the past, all the broken things, the things that I've done, the things that have been done to me, anything that I felt wounded over or guilty over, any of those things, and I actually presented it to him. And I did it as both preparation for my ministry, preparation for my marriage, my wife and I both did that before we got married. And let me tell you something, the amount of strength and healing that came for me humbling myself and and just kind of staring fear in the face and saying I have nothing to be afraid of because I'm loved by God and I will be forgiven and sliding that forward and going through that and receiving prayer from, from my mentor This this scripture is so true. There was healing inside of me that happened, and I was changed that season in my life, probably more profoundly than I have been in very few seasons in my whole life. And that's because I figured out that this key is true. When you reveal before one another, other Christians, in a safe environment, when you confess your sins to each other, God has access to heal you. And so today, the reason some of you are still, you know what, wounded. The reason some of you are still battling the same old addiction is because you've never actually brought it into the light. And when you bring it into the light, God has access to it. When you turn the key and you open the door, God can come in and actually clean things out and and heal you up and restore you. So you need to learn how to turn the key of confession. This simple fact about turning the key and confession and prayer for one another has actually become one of the kind of core components that is leading to the just the, the fruitfulness of King's Church. There's a reason why we're, we're one of the very few growing, fast growing churches in the region and we're seeing hundreds of people come to Christ, families and people being restored and healed and set free. This is part of the fact is because every week we have people coming up for prayer. We, we do Celebrate Recovery, which is all about this. It's all about bringing your hurts and habits and hang-ups forward so that the power of God can come in and heal. Part of the flourishing we're experiencing, and I know God's not done, and this is one of the reasons I wanted to bring it to our whole church, But part of the reason is because we have these channels where people are finding freedom and finding healing because they're bringing forward and revealing what God wants to heal. Perhaps the best person I can think of to talk about this is Pastor Adam Brewer. He has seen in his own life the power of confession as he's gone from having some serious addiction issues to where God has just renewed his life and he is like, he is leading in the kingdom and God has just done an amazing restorative work and it's because he learned how to turn this key and he learned how to keep it open and and to keep walking in that and God continues to just write an incredible story through his life and it's only the beginning. And he has not only seen it in his own life, but over the last couple of years as he's led our Celebrate Recovery ministry where we deal with people's hurts and habits and hangups, uh, he has seen hundreds of people just go through this and, and see the power of just being vulnerable and saying, hey, I have, I have a struggle, can you pray for me? He's seen it over and over again, and I I wanted to invite him today to help you understand the power of just bringing and revealing the things that that God wants to heal and doing that in, in, in the form of confession. So at all the campuses, why don't you join me and welcome Pastor Adam Brewer to the stage. Come on, let him know you love him. Good morning. Huh?
1: So we're going to do something fun. You know what we're going to do now, since that's so simple, we're just going to hand the mic around and start sharing all our stuff. <laughs> right? This guy here is like, I'm going to the bathroom. See ya. I'm out of here. His eyes are like this big. No, uh, man, that, that uh, ah, man. Something about sharing your story, it's, uh, it can be freaky, but yet so powerful. And I love how Pastor Brent, when he shared from Revelation, you know, how we triumphed, how we defeated him was by the blood of the lamb and the word of our... And man, I'm just honored to be able to do this because a few years ago, there was no way that I ever thought I'd be able to get up here and share this. I, I never even dreamed that God would do something in that like that in my life. And I can tell you, the whole reason this happened, the whole reason that I'm able to be healed, the whole reason that I'm just getting... Um, My brokenness is just getting restored and and I'm seeing others come to Christ and it's just using our family and in our church and being able to evolve in the staff is because I started to understand that key of confession. When I started to realize that when I started to confess what was really going on, I really started to get freedom. I really started to understand who I was, and I was able to get up in the morning and just embrace the day and be able to go to work and start walking in freedom. And yeah, I still have some things that I'm dealing through, but man, did it ever change. And I can tell you just a few years ago, I was really in deep addiction. I did. I I struggled with drugs, and and it was bad. And you can see I've got these Band-Aids on me, these wounds. Um, And I use this illustration because many of us, we conceal... Lots of things in our lives, and we don't want to tell anybody about it. We just don't. We, we cover them up. We just do, and, and we go through life, and we go, and things happen to us that we didn't even deserve. Like, there's people here today that, man, as a child, you were just treated wrong, and you were hurt in ways that just aren't your fault. But guess what? It's a wound. It's brokenness, and you need to decide to deal with that. That will keep you from living abundantly, from moving on. And if we keep it a secret, we keep it in, and yeah, we can do life, we can get up, we can go to work, we can have a family, and we can look great on the outside. But man, after a while, those things just keep coming back. And what Satan loves to do, man, is when we have those wounds or we have these things, like with me in addiction, he he would help me cover it up with something that I thought was even better, but it was actually worse, and it was just doing more damage. You understand what I mean? Like we, we do something and we have this hurt and then we, we cover it up and we conceal it thinking that we're healing it. And you guys know if you leave a bandage on too long and it just doesn't heal, you need to remove that. You need to take it off and then it starts to heal. And even just removing one starts to feel a little lighter and you get a little bit of momentum and you start to move. And I started to understand that and I made a decision that I wanted to have recovery. At this point, Julie forced me to have recovery. <laughs> she, she encouraged it quite strongly. Um, but no, but I was at the point where I, I just couldn't go on. Like, and we actually, Pastor Brent and I named an altar call called the classic Adam altar call. Not cool. Where I would come forward. You don't want this name. I'm hoping I can hand it off to somebody, but I don't think so that I would come forward and I would cry and I would feel the emotion and we come to church and, and I could cover those wounds even with worship. It, like, don't twist up. You know what I mean? we come, and man, I was feeling it. I was feeling good, and I had this, this false sense of all my problems were gone. If I was up front and worshiping, and man, that, that, that would just be removed, and, and I felt good, and, and I would, the wound would be healed. Like, and then I'd leave, and my week never changed. I would leave here, and my week wouldn't change, and I would come to the next week, and I'd be up front. Pastor Rand or or Pastor Dan, or... Anthony would be around, hey man, praying, and then I would leave, and man, I would cover them right back up, I would procrastinate, I would get right back in my head, and, and I would use, or whatever your thing may be, maybe you're molested as a child, or you're just in a miserable job, or you're in your second, third marriage, or in your marriage that you committed to that day you got married, and you want to do anything to get out of it. And, it, and it's just wound, man, it's just brokenness. And for me, I decided I'd get recovery, and I was, I was having coffee with a new friend this guy that I met, and this isn't a counselor. I want you to know this is a friend. This is unlocking that key, confessing. So I'm sitting with him and he's like, Hey man, like what's really going on? And I'm like, it's drugs, man. Like I need to get off the drugs. If I can get off the drugs, I can get home. I can get my family. I can go back to work. I can get involved in the church. I can beat this. Everything will be good. I got to beat the drugs. He's like, no man, what's really going on? And I'm like, the drugs, I got to get off the drugs, I got to get home, I got to, like, man, we just got to beat this, I got to remove this wound, I got to, this is gone, like, like the drugs, I, man, I just got to do this, and he's like, yeah, I understand that, but, but what's really going on, and this guy didn't even struggle with drug addiction, he had his own things, but, and he's like, no, what, what's really going on, Adam, and I'm like, well, dude, like, he's like this big, and I'm this big, and I'm half saved, and I'm really angry. And and he knows I'm really angry and I'm antsy and I'm like, man, like I'm gonna rip your head off if you ask me that one more time. And you know why I was angry? Because something was starting to be revealed. There was another bandage, just even just being in the presence of, of somebody that actually felt like they cared. And, and you know, there were some things there was no way I was gonna share. Because I knew that if I shared, I would lose my friends. I would my marriage would be toast, and I tucked these down so deep that nobody was going to see this. And and my biggest fear was, as I come back home, and and I'd lose all my friends, and they would just reject me, and they wouldn't love me, and and we we just get that that twisted mindset that things are going to be bad. And, And he's saying, man, what is going on? You need to share. Like what what is really going on? And finally, I just I just unloaded. And man, and I unloaded and, and, I, and I just felt all of a sudden something just, something clicked. And many of us have wounds that are, are so deep, they're kind of like hidden, right? Like the ones that are way deep in there that we just conceal, that everything else is removed. Everything else, I'll be good, I'll come to church and nobody will see this or I'll go to work and no one will see this one. But it's keeping you from being your best. It's keeping you from being really free from having a marriage that's just amazing, like you hoped, like the fairy tale when you said, I do. Or raising your children without guilt and fear because you're messing up as a dad or a mom. Or that thing that happened to you when you were younger that has just made this deep wound. And as I shared with this guy, and as I unloaded that, that deep wounds and those things were exposed, and I felt exposed. But man, something clicked at that moment something clicked and I, and I started to get a little bit of healing. And you know what he said when I said these things where I thought he was going to reject me, where I thought I was going to be alone? He goes, Hey man, that's okay. Me too. We can work through that. I was like, what? Like, wow. And then he took me to my first celebrate recovery meeting. One of the things, uh, Man, when I first walked into Celebrate Recovery, it was just crazy. I, was, I walked in the back, and the, all the drug addicts were sitting here like this. Oh, and I'm like, mm, and all the good-looking sex addicts were up here, right? And all the codependents were running around neatening stuff up. And I was like, oh, man, like, I'm not a meeting guy. I don't know. And I sat there, and then I went into a group, and I started to hear these guys starting to share. And I was like, oh, something is unlocking in me. Like, this is crazy. And whether it's at Celebrate Recovery or in a community group or with some friends at a coffee shop, something started to just swell up in me. And I knew, I said, this is, this is it. And I'm not saying it's easy, and it wasn't easy. And I came, you know, I, I hung out with another friend, and I was getting a bit of recovery, and I was just like, man, I, I need to share a bit more, and I started to share And I'm scared. It's like, this guy's going to like, this is it, man. And here we go. And you know what he said? He looks at me. He goes, yeah, me too. Love you, man. We'll deal with that. I was like, what? And I started at that moment to recognize how God sees me and how he loves me. And how much he wants to use me. And how I can overcome by the testimony. And one of the things that we're going to do today, I'm going to have Jamie and Julie come up. And we're going to talk. You guys can come up now. We're going to talk about... Um, testimonies and they're going to share their stories and it's two different stories and what I love, I'll let them sit down, what I love about the stories here is, like like I said many of us things happen to us that are out of our control but you need to deal with it and that's Julie's story. Julie and I got married and it was wonderful I thought, she thought, but man I did a lot of things in her life, that a lot of, lot of brokenness. But guess what Julie needed to decide to deal with that and we're going to hear a bit about that. And then there's my friend Jamie where we went to the same church for years, and I saw Jamie, and he had the job. He had the wife. traveled the world. He's in church every week. He's doing these things, and I thought in my brokenness at that time, if I could get to where Jamie was, then I would be okay. If I could just get there, then everything would be okay, and I soon realized that Jamie had a story, too, and Jamie and I have been walking together for a few years now, and it's been really cool um, watching God just work in your life, man, and Did you always think CR was going to be for you or recovery for you? No, not at all. (laughs) But here I am. But here you are. Yeah, I love uh, a lot of people answer that with like, hey, I'm going to uh, do recovery. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you, Adam. So it's really cool. Jamie, um, describe the depths of your brokenness and the power of confession just in a few minutes for us, man.
2: Sure. So I'm a gambling addict for about 28 years. And it was a major part of my life through my teens, my 20s, into my 30s. And uh, I finally hit a point in my late 20s where it was, you know, I realized how bad I could be at it. And I got saved not long after that and became a Christian. And that, that was very good. I, as Pastor Brent mentioned, you know, I knew I was saved, I knew where I was going, but, you know, there was still something missing and for 13 years through my Christian walk, I was still in my addiction. I was still gambling, Um, I would travel. That great traveling thing you mentioned was fantastic because I could hide, I could go wherever I wanted to and do what I wanted while I was away, particularly at casinos, and I
1: went from there. Isn't um, Isn't it crazy how alone we are in our addiction or whatever it is, a brokenness when we hide that? Absolutely, like, that, that's where it thrived
2: for me. Yeah,
1: and it's crazy that we we think that we're gonna be alone when we tell somebody about it, but actually we're so alone in the the brokenness. And, we, and when we start to unlock that, tell us about tell us about the first time. I love this, man. This is cool. My favorite part, highlight. Get ready. Listen, my favorite part, man. And just tell us when that unlocked for you when you started to be real and how that happened. So I. I knew I had to come to a
2: decision. I was sort of starting up again in 2006, and I said, I need to... I I didn't. I said, I'm going to go volunteer at CR. I'm a good Christian guy. This will work. It'll help me, and nobody will know. So I called up Adam with the premise of having coffee and saying, I'd like to help a CR volunteer become a leader. But I sort of changed at that moment where he walked in, and we sat down, and we had known each other probably 15 years already, and I put out my hand and I said, I'm Jamie and I'm a gambling addict. And you just looked at me and said, wow, that's cool. Well, I'm glad you think so.
1: (laughs) Didn't feel so cool, huh?
2: No, not at that time, but
1: the the reason I said it was so cool, because I knew Jamie, I knew at that moment and I'd seen it before. And even in my own life, that your life was about to change forever. That guys, that was going to unlock something. And sometimes when we say it, like, maybe when you drove home in the car after that meeting, you're like, oh, my word, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe, like, I went too far. But, man, what God has done in your life, what has been the result of actually taking off that mask?
2: Well, I think I live in a full grace of God now. Just removing that, as you mentioned, the band-aids, I, I've come to a new level of my walk with Christ. And it's, and it's amazing. I guess the best example is when I was on my 29th birthday in California, I was at the lowest point of my gambling, and I realized how bad it was. On my 45th birthday a couple weeks ago in California, I was at the CR Summit just bouncing off the walls, and it was fantastic. Woo! Awesome.
1: Cool. All right, we'll jump into Julie. Thank you so much, Jamie. Give Jamie a hand. It was amazing. I've, uh, like, if you guys could have seen this guy, like, He came unglued for Jesus. And like I, like, man, like you used to tear up the casinos, you're tearing it up for Jesus. And I'm telling you, man, praise God. It's just, I love, the key to confession, guys, I just, like, as we, like, when you leave today, you need to understand that that is the key, and that is what's keeping you from so much. This one gets a little more real for me. Um, How you doing? What, do you want to do something later? Hang on a little? Um, we joke when we're uncomfortable, right? A coping mechanism. I'm going to put a Band-Aid back on. Um, ha, uh, can you just do this? <laughs> Julie and I, um, like we love you guys. There's no way I'd bring my wife up here if I didn't believe that this was going to unlock something in your life. Like, like it has in ours. Um, Julie's the director of Celebrate Recovery now, so obviously she's very passionate about that ministry. The reason we love that ministry, guys, is it's all based around confessing. Um, I don't really care where you do it. Um, for us, that was what worked, and it's worked for hundreds of people. And, um, but you need to get around some people and confess. And Julie, why don't you just give us, you know, paint the picture of where you were when we started kind of CR and how we got to that. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So when, when we were talking about starting Celebrate Recovery, I was only wanting to help you for your recovery.
1: That's the story every time. I didn't
3: think I needed a recovery program. Um, I didn't struggle with addiction and that was my first thought of, of what a recovery program was for, but soon found out that it was for much more. But Um, At that time, the year we started, I was really, really broken. I was so exhausted and worn out from the years and years um, of brokenness. And um, I was not sleeping. Um, I was just not doing well, not feeling well, migraines. um, I just wanted to isolate, wanted to go to bed, Um, but I was a very busy person. I was trying to hold down the fort for our family. I was living in my biggest nightmare that I ever had um, because when this addiction started, we didn't have children. And my worst nightmare was for us to choose to have children and then um, for him to fall. And so before we started, Adam was at the height of his addiction. It had gotten to this spot, my biggest fear, Um, the worst you can imagine with addiction that you hear, there's no turning back, um, people say. It had gotten there, and my kids were four and six. So I was so fearful. I was desperate to keep our family together. My boys loved Adam, um, but I was very, very overwhelmed with life and just doing life. Um, I didn't want to talk to anybody, reveal what was going on, because I didn't even, well, I frankly didn't even have the time. I just was in um, survival mode, really. And I would
1: control you. And, and yeah. tell you not to tell people. Yeah, right?
3: he didn't want me to share, so I felt very, very alone. Um, I had a mask on. I'd go to church, and um, you know, he'd probably be in bed, wouldn't get up, and I just tried to do all of the right things. I tried to just keep going, and um, you know, if somebody just asked simply. Uh, where's Adam this morning? I could just break out and cry, but I didn't feel the freedom to tell anybody what was going on So it was very very stressful um, just I was really 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 unwell and um, At that point I was just desperate to do anything if you know he had read this book about celebrate recovery and I, was, I, I had nothing to lose, but I at that point uh, didn't think that I needed anything. I thought as soon as he got some clean time in, then I'd be fine, but I was i was wrong.
1: Wow, it, uh, that fairy tale beginning we had yeah. six weeks in. We won't go into that too much, but I yeah. woke up in a hospital and it was just cool that fairy tale of this Christian guy and this marriage we we're going to have kind of fell apart, right?
3: Well, yeah, yeah. I would just say It's a fairy
1: tale now, though.
3: Yeah. Right? My, Yeah. Yes! <laughs> got him. yes. Now, but my anxiety, I can really root that back to when we were 21, when we, when we first got married. Um, it was a very traumatic thing for me. I was... Um, you know, I just wanted, like he says, the fairy tale. Thought we'd have kids, have a home and work and go on vacations, hang out with friends, go to church, and... Um, when we were 21 and then middle of the night he had overdosed and, um, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about drugs mm-hmm. or anything. And it was very, very yeah. traumatic having Crazy. to call the ambulance and so my life we, changed. So we by. say all
1: that in a sense that things were brought into your life that brought a lot of hurt and brokenness, but you had a choice to either deal with it mm-hmm. or stay alone and trapped and try to do this. So, um, just tell us real quick as we wrap up here, um, can you relate to the key to confession? Yeah. And how important was that to your recovery?
3: Right. Well, just when I did have that traumatic event, um, I had not trusted anybody anymore—not even God—and so I, I had taken control of my whole life. And so the key of confession, when we first started our small group for CR, I just remember um, reading the first principle was realize I'm not God. I admit that I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing, and that my life was unmanageable, and that really woke me up, because that's what I had been doing. I wasn't trusting God. I had completely taken over control of my life, and I had um, confessed to my small group that I had been doing that. I have not been trusting God. I've been controlling my own life, and I'm a mess, and I need help. Even though Adam was getting clean, I was a mess, and myself, I needed help, and that was so freeing. I was so free just by confessing that that day.
1: Wow, like I loved how you said, like, you could come in church with your head high. Like, even guys with all this garbage in our life, um, even with Jamie, with all this stuff and just being transparent, you think the world would tell you to get up and say this is actually gonna, like, it would remove you from people, right? Like, isn't that what you think? Like, if you get up and said, like, if I just pick somebody and said, come up and tell you or like, you're going to think or your friends or unsa- they're going to tell you, man, I, I don't know if I would do that because it's going to isolate you. People are going to think of you different. People, Like, have we ever experienced that?
3: Never. No, like, not just, once. Just love. Yeah.
1: Not once. Like, like yeah, it's just love over and over. So, yeah. like, if there's something in you that, that I can, I can, I'm going to say promise. If you share that in a safe place with the right person, um, it is going to bring you so much farther and break you free. Like these two people here and in our marriage and friendship and, and through celebrate recovery, like we see it over and over every week that, that key to unlocking abundant life and more like it's just confessing to others right before God. Amen. Awesome. Let's give them a hand. Amazing. Awesome. Um, before, before Jamie goes, I'm going to do something. Uh, we would never ask you to do something we don't do ourselves as Pastor Brent said and uh, I'm going to get Jamie to stick here for just a minute Um, I've got to be vulnerable there's a few things Jamie that have been eating like been just in me like man my my life is good God has freed me from my addiction Mm, man but I have some other stuff in my life that it just sometimes gets an overwhelming, there's a few things like, I've got a new job. Man, I feel called to this job, West Side Campus Pastor, I love the West Side, ooh, you guys need to come. Um, I feel called to that, I I really do. Um, but because of being just so busy, um, needing to be working my recovery, the pastor of Celebrate Recovery, the pastor of West Side Church, um, starting a new job, uh, man, I, I just, Julie starting a new job, sometimes I just, do. this is tough. I just get overwhelmed. I just do. I, I get overwhelmed. And when I get overwhelmed, and obviously there's a few areas of brokenness in my life, and I need some accountability, and, you know, I start procrastinating. And when I start procrastinating, i got to start covering things up and hiding and, and not getting things done, and then they swell up. And you know what I do, Jamie? Man, I go home, um, and I take it out on my wife. I get angry or I take it out of my kids or they bug me and I want to isolate and I do things that just aren't healthy. And dude, if I want to if I want to continue living free, this is a continual walk. And I need to be accountable and I need to be sharing that stuff. And, and I just, you know, even as a pastor and your pastor and your friend, um, it, it can get embarrassing because I'm supposed to be the guy that has it all together. Whether you're, you know, whether it's at home with my boys or at church, leading, and man, God is doing amazing things, and he's going to do amazing things in my life, and he's just, he's just warming me up, but I I need to be accountable, and and, because it's not going to get any better. I I just know, man, like 20 years of addiction, it's not going to get better unless I, I share, man, so would you hold me accountable over the next few weeks of this? We'll get together, and we'll talk about this stuff, and we'll work through it. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Cool. Thank you so much. All right, let's give Jamie a hand. And as we do this, man, you'll uh, I'll get him to remove that last patch because, man, I feel, I feel free. Just as, just as we share that, man, in front of, in front of a friend, you just, you just get free. Things just lift off of you. And for the person here today, we're going to do something. where We're going to have you... Like, we're just going to do a call, man, for prayer. We're going to have the prayer team coming up. We'll have them come up now so you can see them even and just know that they're here. But many of us go through life and we're forgiven, but we're not healed. Man, if if you a few years ago gave me a test, I would have 100% passed the test saying I'm forgiven. I would have. But why did I go home and live the same every week? Like I was forgiven, God healed me, man. Like I was forgiven, I believed I was healed because I wasn't being totally honest, man. I used to journal, and if you read my journals, you'd be like, man, that guy's got to do. I lied in my journals because I was scared to death you would find it when I died. Like, come on, man. I would like, like, God knows what's going on. And when you start to confess, things really start to change. They do. I would have passed that test, but man, I had wounds, and you have wounds, and I'm not like. The drug addict here today or the guy's really struggling with addiction, like, man, you can't fool me, and you can't fool yourself, and I don't even need to rail on you. You need to just come and step out. But for the person that believes they're forgiven and, and wants more and wants to have the courage to tell their coworker what's really going on in your life, man, I love when, when somebody just comes and just says, like, woof, and it's like, whoa, I feel healed. I think, man, God's working on that. It gives me courage to go a little deeper. And God will start to reveal. I loved how Pastor Brent said, they um, did the inventory. It's one thing we do at Celebrate Recovery. We do an inventory where we go through and we look at everything. And as God does that, and one thing I would ask for the person today that believes they're forgiven but just wants more and has those little secrets, like those, those things that they just need to confess, is I would just say remove one today. Just remove one. You might have a ton, you might be covered in bandages. Just remove one and expose that and just watch what God does with that. Just watch. So we're gonna stand, we're gonna pray, and we're, as we sing this song, I'm just gonna ask that you come forward. That you just say, man, there's something I need to confess. Like in this prayer team, this is a safe place. Like if I ask this team, is there anybody here in this team that has confessed something? Raise your hand. Is anyone here confessed? Yeah. So they're not gonna tell everybody about it. They, they wanna, they've experienced this type of freedom And I don't care if you're in a red shirt today, if you're on staff here today, or you're doing whatever. Here, like, you need to come and just get this off your chest. And we're going to do this, and I'm going to pray, and I'm just going to ask you not to wait. Just step out and just unload this today and just unlock that in your life. Just, like, God will not heal what you conceal. When you come before him and admit that you're broken and broken before somebody else, God will start to restore you. So let's pray, and then we're going to sing a song, Lord, I need you, and we need him, and we need strength, and he's going to give you courage to come, and we're going to have a prayer time, and we'll just hang out and pray over this as we sing, and Pastor Dell will come up in a close in a minute. God, we love you so much. We thank you so much for who you are. God, that you're, you're the healer, God. And I pray for the person here today that has just had something in their life that is holding them back, and right now they can just feel that inside them. And there's just someone telling them, don't go. You don't need to go. You don't need to deal with that. You've got this. And it's been years that they've been dealing with this. God, that they can come, and we can just agree in prayer over that. God, we just love that specific prayers get specific results. And we want to pray, God, and we're just asking you to reveal that specific thing in their life that they want to bring forward. And we can just pray over that this morning. God, we love you, and we thank you for what you're doing, what you're doing this weekend at King's Church. And and just give that person courage and strength as they come, that they'll just begin that healing journey. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, just come right now. We're not going to, like, just come. Please, don't think. Don't think about it man, come. If you're in the back, walk all the way up. We've got a team here waiting to pray with you. Please.